Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Uh, today, I have a very, very special guest. Um, welcome to the podcast, India Oxenberg. I said it correctly, right? Yes. Very. My wife says I always say names wrong. She's like, please don't fuck up her name. Um, <laughs> it's easy to fuck up, so I understand. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here. And also, you hear the voice in the back. Derek's been, uh, most recently because of the pandemic, we're both in bands. We both should be on tour right now. He's been we like the, uh, the, 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 the co-host such. And people yeah, I'm kind of like the flavor rave, raving reviews, <laughs> Raving reviews of Derek on the podcast. Thank you. And your you. voice. And people love the combination. And... You get the questions I fucking forget or miss out. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Always good to have a partner. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me so once again. I want to thank you for being here because we only met on Instagram. But I posted some stuff about your doc, which we're going to get to later. And I don't know. We started talking on there and stuff. And thanks for like actually coming to my house and like, I don't know, taking a chance of being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's an amazing space. <laughs> thank you. This is my, all my wife's doing. I love it. She thinks she's uh, Lucille Ball. Um, anyway, thanks for being here. I did, a lot, I did a deep dive on you. First of all, people listening, if you've ever seen The Vow on HBO, um, that's the first time I, I, I knew about everything we're about to talk about. And then she has her own doc called Seduced, which is on Stars, which my friend Chris Uvain told me about. I had to watch it. And then you watched it. Yeah, and then I watched it. No. Um, Incredible. But before we get down, we we'll take it back to your life before all that. <laughs> um, obviously, you, you were born in Malibu? Yep. Well, actually, I was born technically here in Cedar sinai L.A. area. Oh, okay. Right. And then, so I'm born and bred Los Angeles girl, but I did make my way to Malibu with my family, and I went to school there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how was it growing up out here? You know, it's weird. Yeah. I don't really know how else to say it, because yeah. I, you, unless you know, or unless like you've raised a kid here, or you were you know, a product of L.A., you don't really get how weird it is. Yeah. Like, uh, what, what are some of the weird elements? You, well, I you think, think just the, I mean, also I grew up in a family of like entertainers. And yeah. so I think for me, my life was always about um, where my parents were going on location or like mm. <laughs> if we were going to go to the set and who we were going to see. And that was just became normal life. And that's just not normal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's life in Hollywood. That's a very different kind of way to see the world yeah and so i think for me why i say it's weird is because now i have a little bit of contrast with my fiance who grew up in you know philly you know had a really normal life (laughs) (laughs) had like a mom and dad that met in high school and like all these good things that are so like you know deep family roots and Mm -hmm. and i felt like mine was more of this exotic blend of you know Mom, princess, dad, actor, like, you know, you name it. Royalty, all that, yeah. All that stuff. And it it just, it comes with a lot of perks, but also comes with a lot of complications. And Mm -hmm. so I think uh, as I've grown up and as I've learned a little bit more about the world, I see see how unusual that kind of upbringing is. And then I also get to connect with people who did grow up in that. And there's a real camaraderie, like, oh, I get you and you can get me. And yeah, so... Yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, you have siblings. I do. I have many. Many. I, yes, I have a couple sisters, a stepbrother, and a stepsister who lives over here in Echo Park, who's an actress, and so she kind of took on my parents' <laughs> line of work, and yeah, she yeah. she's all in on that. And that was just never really for me. It didn't mm-hmm. it didn't call me in the same way. If if anything, I was more attracted to craft services than I was to wow. <laughs> being in front of the camera. But I always liked. The producing and directing mm, element yeah. and i i loved the control and 
just the cons- just the fact that they could choose and they didn't have to be chosen. And yeah. I really I really That's liked cool. that. And I I I I always remember just shadowing those people that I could find when I was growing up. So yeah. I kind of gravitated towards that and t- towards food. And I took a detour from <clears throat> excuse me. I took a detour from production, uh, made it my way into a cult, and then yeah. made my way out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, this is, mm, all right, we're here. And I made my way out and back into production and back into food. So I feel yeah. like in some way it's all kind of come full circle, but I've had some detours. Yeah. And how was growing up, like, going, like how were you as a kid, like, as a kid, were you a normal kid going to normal school or is it? Yeah, I went to public school. Yeah. I went to Malibu High. Um, I'm dyslexic, so mm. school was always a little bit of a challenge mm. for me because yeah. I thought I was stupid. And I, I kind of overcompensated with charm or just being friendly with my teachers so that maybe they wouldn't notice my horrible grammar or spelling. Mm. And that can only go so far. Right. So <laughs> I think yeah. for me, I, uh, I had a lot of insecurity when it came to going to university or mm-hmm. just like school after high school. And I ended up taking a year of college in Boston with a boyfriend of mine who was going to Berklee College of Music. He was nice. a musician. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm going to follow him to the East Coast and be brave and be cold. And so I (laughs) went with him and he was a drummer. And I just ended up always being in the jam rooms and like underground of these Berkeley dorms and feeling like this is not where I'm supposed to be. Not that I wasn't supposed to be there with the music because I loved that. And I was really into that. But you can't see what band he was in. Oh, yeah, it was it was no I mean. It was no band. I don't even know what band he's in anymore. <laughs> I think we, we had a we had a bad breakup. So okay, okay. the poor poor guy. I mean, God bless him. But I think I think you're listening. For, he yeah. was more into metal, and so like it kind of yeah, actually that's his, that's his opened job. my eyes to. I mean, this is a little bit of a segue, but just like the beauty of how complicated metal is, and I just didn't think that. I just didn't know that. And, right, and yeah. he introduced me to that through his drumming and through guitar work and just like learning little things like what drop D was or what distortion was right. and like all of this stuff that um, kind of made me want to get back into production because mm-hmm. I was cool. studying how to take care of artists, basically entertainment management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, why am I in Boston? I'm going back to L.A. So I go back to L.A. I'm feeling a little nervous and lost. So I go to my mom and I'm like, hey, I really need a little guidance here. Mm. And so I started doing a catering company with a girlfriend of mine from high school because I was good in the kitchen. I ended that relationship with the boyfriend, but not my love of music. (laughs) And thank God, God, (laughs) right? And so I ended up doing that work with her and it was great fun. We like did little parties in Malibu and stuff and you know catered kate hudson's birth baby shower (laughs) like like it was just you know how malibu is it's Mm -hmm. all it's very tiny community um that's cool and cut to you know a couple months later a friend of my mom's tells us to go to this intro presentation that has apparently changed her life Mm -hmm. and this was that friend that everybody has who's like you know eat here watch this wear that like everyone has a referral friend yes and you usually kind of trust them because they're your buddy yeah so i our guard was down we didn't have really any reason to question her she'd kind of guided us towards other interesting things 
And so we went and right at that point in my life, I was feeling a little low, kind of lost and looking for structure. So in that intro presentation, it happened to be for Nexium, but yeah. specifically ESP, which was their consumer front product, which was like a personal development course. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the way that they spoke about it, the things that they were promising, it all just was exactly what I felt like I needed at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I was really open and I guess you could say pretty vulnerable yeah. to what they were suggesting. Um, and I remember turning to my mom and I was like, I want to do this. And mm. she was in shock because I was 19 <laughs> at the time and I was not making decisions right. yeah. very clearly. And she was like, holy shit, she I just mean, made a decisive decision. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what were some of the suggestions that they were yeah. putting in front of you that were making you feel that you needed something from them, that they had something that you didn't have? Good Great point. question. So yeah. for one, they said that the tools that they had would eliminate past fears that were blocking us from moving forward. Okay. So gotcha. yeah, that sounds kind of magical, but right. it also sounds awesome mm -hmm. if it worked. Absolutely. So yeah. I was like intrigued. And then on top of it, I was surrounded by a group of people in this intro presentation who all looked really legit. Yeah. And they were people who were way older than me and people with careers, people mm -hmm. were clearly got had something that I didn't have. And so I think it was less about what they were pitching and more about where I was in my life and what I was looking for, which was my own path. Right. And yeah. I thought like at that point I was feeling like I need to kind of push away from my mom a little bit and find myself. She's a very strong personality. And so there was a part yeah. of me that had this push and pull, like naturally we mm -hmm. all do, especially yeah. if you have parents who are, you know, they know themselves, they're confident. They mm -hmm. can, stand alone in a room um <laughs> so i was right there at that point and i thought that maybe this was going to be my roadmap to getting more clarity on what i was going to do in a right. career yeah and that's kind of what they were promising like a practical mba and so the everything that they said even the languaging that they used spoke to me because i had just left college and i was mm. like oh shit, maybe i do need a practical mba mm. if i really want to achieve this stuff so that was kind of their pitch, I and see. I really bought it. Yeah. What was your major in college? Like, what did you want to do? Entertainment okay, management. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I was, wow. I was thinking that I was going to be an agent. I was like, I know actors. I've lived with them all my life. I can handle this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. So that that friend was kind of like, um, in a sense, kind of recruiting you guys. In a sense, she right? was actually. And a, what we didn't know at the time, and what I wish I did know, was that the recruiting process was something that they were being taught to do right. so that they could advance in the program right. and that they were the actually levels. salespeople who were earning commissions based on their Ooh, enrollments. They, they, yes. Wow. Got it. So that we didn't know, which is a big red flag. Like I'm not saying totally. that all groups are bad. No, but there's a lot of businesses that follow this model. Exactly. Of, you know, I know of one at the top of my head that I'm not going to say, but it's <laughs> like, it's, yeah, I mean, that I, I see that happens a mm -hmm. lot. Totally. And mm -hmm. so, and some of them are not good. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that all stems from the leadership. So mm -hmm. if you've got a corrupt leadership or if you've got some nefarious activity in the group that's being concealed by the consumer product, <laughs> right. which was what was going on in in Nexium and yeah. ESP specifically, then the, the person who's saying yes doesn't really stand a chance because mm -hmm. they don't know what they're dealing with. 
Yeah. So and you were only 19, huh? I was 19. Yeah. So how soon after you went to that first uh, kind of conference thing that you like said, I want to do this and then go to Albany? How was it? A couple months. Um, at first, I was just thinking I'm going to take this as a student. I'm just going to go absorb these courses, see how it helps. Yeah. And then I was kind of targeted to be a coach, which mm. I wasn't quite interested in being a coach at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to actually have a career. But that was pretty career. quick. I mean, you said Very like quick. two months. They're like, okay, so you, they're, they're, we're <laughs> no. going to move you into a coaching position. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of how I felt. I was like, whoa, whoa, hold <laughs> right. on there. I'm, yeah. I'm just learning. Right. I'm trying to student. find myself and find a path. Yeah. 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 But they were so persistent about it and they were so encouraging and they were really loving on me and like telling me that I was a natural and right. how great I was going to be at this and how this, this was going to be the thing that was going to take it to the next level. And I was like, well, I guess I got to take it to the next level. But yeah. I was also kind of resistant to it because I didn't really want to commit to that yeah. much uh, yeah. involvement. Yeah, you wanted to figure out yourself what's right. going on. Yeah. So one, once you decide you're going to do it, the friend that was hounding kind of your mom to get you to go the first thing, did she start getting at like hounding you? Like, oh, we got her. So she started. She. So how it works is sometimes the people that recruited you would not be the ones who were kind of it's horrible. I'm going to say it, but we're not be the ones that were grooming you yeah. for the next level. That usually came from higher ranking coaches who okay. kind of knew what they were doing. The salespeople at like a beginning stage were really just trying to make commissions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could be anybody. It could be someone who really needs a paycheck. It could be someone who yeah. really, really believes in this or right. maybe had a significant change. So these are generally like good-hearted people yeah they're not always scamming you it's mm-hmm. usually like the closer that you get to the top that you see the not good stuff right. yeah i mean that first red flag you said was when they were trying to make you into like this coach very two quickly months in. two yeah. months in and then so at the very beginning was there a payment that had to be made you know, at the beginning, you know, no, like to, them. You, to them, like was oh, there money down. involved? Oh like, yeah. In order- so there, of course there's <laughs> yeah. always money. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, this is where I was like, okay, I want to know. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not free. free. Yeah. Right. It's definitely not free where it's like, so how did they work that in? Okay. So yeah. they say, we're going to give you this course <laughs> okay. and we're going to offer you 20% off, which means that you're going to only pay $2,500. <laughs> and it's like, and you're like, wow, that sounds great. <laughs> and really... It actually kind of did because if I mean, anyone who knows who's been in like a group environment knows how strong and powerful like groupthink is. Absolutely. So yeah. even if it's only in a small environment, you feel that energy to say yes and to yeah. sign up and okay. to just like go for it. All right. And so I was kind of in that state, even in the intro presentation when they were saying the, the prices. Right. So I turned to my mom, <laughs> I turned to my mom and I'm like, um, so I want to do this with you, but will you pay for me and I'll pay you back? Yeah. <laughs> I'm 19. I do not have that credit limit yet at yeah. all. And I'm like, shit, I can only put $1,200 on my credit card. And, and wow. so, no, I mean, like I, I, I was really looking to her f- for that initial support. And she was like, okay, if you pay me back, yeah. we'll do this together. I ultimately did end up being able to pay her back, but that's kind of part of how it, it works. Yeah. Once you become a coach, then you have to pay for continual education as well as part of your commitment yeah. to the group. Right. But 
on top of it, you're also training those classes. So you're taking them as a student, but you're also training them and you're doing this all for free. Wow. So another red flag. Yeah. Like just don't work for free unless it's charity. Right. Yeah. Like (laughs) that's kind of what I have to tattoo on myself next. Like, Mm. Because everything is worth something, and yeah. and that's the, that was one of the most crippling things is actually to work for years without compensation. Once I had left right. that environment, I had to kind of re remind myself of of what my value was, yeah. even in in work and even on in low level entry jobs. Like, okay, so what am I worth on an hourly basis? Because mm. it had been kind of distorted, right? Okay. And you and your mom. So I know your mom was like supportive in the beginning. Obviously, you know, loaned you the money for the course and yeah. starting. Um, did you stop talking to her about it right then? Once you, you you knew that's what you wanted to do, were you getting advice from her about it? Or you just like, I'm, just, I'm 19, I'm going to do this. Like, <laughs> she brought me to it, you know, like. I was more of that asshole. That like, right. that 19 year old <laughs> yeah. who is like, okay, thank you very much. Yeah. Now this is mine. And, my journey. Yeah, this is my journey. Step off, Bob. Right. And, uh. I mean, like most 19 year olds where you just kind of think that you know, know everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. And my 17 year old thinks that. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's your path, your life. I'm yeah, going to go and do And this. so I was, I, what I didn't realize at that time as well is as much as I was creating a little bit of distance, they were also aware of that distance being created. And that is part of how I was targeted. Yeah. And so that happens and, and those people take you in and they, behave like they're your new friends your new family that's going to help you on this journey that your mom doesn't understand and so there, yeah. there was a little bit of that from the beginning that i kind of normalized and, and i cut off kind of cutting you off from yeah that. and i wish that i hadn't that makes me so frustrating watching the vow like how they kept cutting people off yeah. and her from her mom and how her mom was so worried and i was like listen i was yelling at you listen to your mom she's so worried about you <laughs> and, until like i saw like you're a doc but like i'm just saying like it was so frustrating to, to be a parent myself and uh, right, see your right. child get caught up in that it was yeah. so the amount of like before i came out and spoke about this stuff the amount of messages that i would get from i mean parents and also trolls like you you, you stupid little right. spoiled girl you don't know what your mom did for you and i'm like hold on, like, who are you, first exactly. of all? Right, like, right. you don't know what's going on inside of here. But it was it was a really scary time for us. I mean, I know I'm jumping forward, but good. that was a really challenging time because I didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I was still on the inside, and all these people were saying, like, get out, get out, get out. And I was, you know, in there in Albany thinking, like, Fucking Albany. First of all, Albany. Yeah. yeah. Red flag. Shout out to Albany. Wait, wait, wait. I got a lot, sorry, of fr- a lot of friends in Albany, though. Have you been there just like <laughs> yeah, on tour I played, a bunch I, of times? I played a million shows. I got a lot of friends there. Shout out to my people in Albany. But it's just a random. When I saw us in Albany, that's kind of random and kind of makes sense, too. I know. Right. And no diss to Albany whatsoever. I have a great. My uncle, my dad was from Albany. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. But I'm saying, like, I have a lot of friends out there still listening right now. So yeah, anyway, but it was weird when I was in Albany. I'm like, that's just, but it also kind of makes sense. Like up in there in the woods, whatever, wherever it was. Yeah. It was suburb, so yeah. it was. And you've never boring. been there before. There's no, no way you've been to Albany before. Yeah. No, I actually didn't even know Albany at all. <laughs> yeah. I had only ever been to New York, and I was like, <laughs> I thought New York was. The yes, capital. I know. I know. I know. It's so embarrassing. Only only people wow. from California can say that. But um, yeah, Malibu's but, Albany. It's that's a culture shock. Yeah, it was, and I actually like. There was a part of me that kind of enjoyed the simplicity of yeah, it because it right. was just like the same thing every day and, and I, the and seasons and the winter and all that's that stuff. nice yeah but it was <laughs> i think if 
that was something I could joke about. Like if anyone tells you to move to Albany, like red flag. But <laughs> but in in all reality, I only went there a couple times in the very beginning to finish my courses and then to take level two trainings that they offered only in Albany. I was still living in LA for a long time, okay. for about five years. I was in Nexium, but living in Los Angeles and helping Mark Vicente and some of those other people yeah. who, you've, who we've seen in mm-hmm. the other documentary. Yeah. I was helping them build a center here. So that, that became my job and my full-time pursuit yeah. with no payment. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I was really just spending all that I had ever saved. Wow. Um, and all that had been given to me for school from yeah. my grandpa. Right. And uh. he had died. And so I was using that to support myself, thinking that I was moving forward when really I was just spinning my wheels. Evil wow. ass people, man. Thank you so angry. I was so <laughs> psyched with so all these guys get locked up. You were there and, and, oh, and you get man. to speak there and just, oh my God. Anyway, I mean, we'll keep yeah. going. But. Yeah, because there's a lot of scammers out there. And I, I think know. that's one of the things I wanted it, to make sure was clear and seduced was like, that there's cults and there's cons and yeah. there's coercion and coercion really is at the root of all of it. Mm-hmm. But I saw I saw I watched some, some interview with you, and I can totally relate because it's it's almost been my my whole life. My wife's like you, you, you my wife's like you see the good in everybody. Mm-hmm. You're an optimist. You're positive, and there are bad people out there. But I always see the good in people. I always think positive. And I saw yeah. you talk about that. Like if, if that's if that's like if that's my default, if there's the only thing wrong with it. I'm I see good in people. That's not a bad thing. But you wanted to believe in it and you wanted to have hope in it and all that stuff. Right, and, and that can be used against yeah, people. Yeah, totally. those, just going to It's ask, like kindness you know? weakness, same right, thing. It's right. totally, man. Like and People taking advantage of... Yeah, and that's where I feel like I appreciate my fiance so much because I need that balance. Like, I need a little bit more street smarts. I mm-hmm. need a little yeah. bit more, right. like... He's from Philly? Yeah. He got street smarts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Shout out to Philly. We love Philly. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always like, no, that guy's lying. He's an asshole. And I'm like, What? How did you see that? We just met him. He's like, how did well, you not? East Coasters have a different yeah. edge over people no matter they what. Do. They see through the Are bullshit. Are you from the East Coast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all, yeah we both, so they see through the bullshit, East Coasters, yeah. easily, especially Philly, man. Yeah. And so I think that's one thing that I, I've now learned that I need to be a little bit more aware of and also that trust is earned. Yeah. And, True. And True. like not to just assume that you can trust somebody right away, but just let them show you. Let but I think there's a lot. I mean, of course, there's going to be those trolls and people attacking and like, oh, you, how could you, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how it is to be 19 again <laughs> and what's going on in your head. And not, like you said, how you feel that, you know, you know, everything that's going to happen. Right. And um, it's it's just unfortunate that people are out there that can take advantage of that. You know, there's a lot. Yeah, as, you know it um, that exists. Are just nice there. people who like want to, you wanna know, change their lives themselves. and better their lives. Like right. And there's a lot of like it doesn't really have to do with age or right. sex or no. mm-hmm. any of it. It's just it, it just happens to be that more women do fall victim to things like this because mm. I think women are generally more open or more interested in spirituality or personal growth. So there's a lot of people who take advantage of yoga. There's yeah. yeah there's there's things in <laughs> yoga like the bikram issues that yeah, we, that sure. are coming out now yeah. i mean that we've saw it with harvey weinstein mm-hmm. we saw it with jeffrey Epstein. it's oftentimes that women are preyed on but men are too yeah true no absolutely yeah. um not to talk about myself but i did yoga once <laughs> i did bikram oh, yeah, I, did, I, I remember i did yoga. I'll, I'll make it short i went to bikram yoga and i have a lot of tattoos as you other listeners know and the lady called me out for like 
I wasn't doing the stuff right. I was slipping. It was hot. I was with this girl who was training us at the time, and I was I was I was having a rough time. And she was calling me on the microphone, Mister Tattoo Man. Oh, rock and roll guy, like totally calling me out. I was like, this is not positive. Right. This is not spiritual. That's not nice. Fast forward to Monday at the carpool, picking up my son. A couple moms said, Oh, I saw you at the class this week. And you had a rough time. So other parents were there. They saw me getting picked on in this class. So I never did yoga again. That's horrible. I'm and, and upset the, and the, about that. And the yeah. and the mat smoke like. Shit! Ooh, it was just such a hello. awful experience, and like, and you call me on the microphone, embarrass me because I'm a tattoo man. Like, it really bummed me out. Oh man! No, so I never did yoga again. No. I hope you told her about her mat, like your mat. Yeah, no, your mat smell. <laughs> I mean, I think your that, smelly mat. I think that's normal. Anyway, maybe I should have brought my own mat. <laughs> no, um, I don't think that's normal. It no, they should. They should be sanitized. You, what, what, I worked what? in a yoga studio once. They you need, did? Yeah, I did. Actually, I was working in a yoga studio right before the pandemic, and we were oh, in, wow. we were in the middle of editing <laughs> Seduced, and I was like, I need a job. And so I started working at Yoga Works and then they closed down everything. And I was like, okay, now I'm unemployed. But, wow. um, but no. And then so you quit. do yoga, obviously. No, actually, I'm a boxer. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well I'm a boxer. My son is too. He's trying. Wow. That's, That's my, cool. I did it this morning. It's nice. my favorite workout. You do it at home? No, I do it outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, with this guy named Johnny, who I absolutely love. And he's been coaching me since my birthday in June. I saw him on the street. I, li- I live in Marina Del Rey right now. Okay. And so I saw him just training people. And so we walked up to him, exchanged numbers, and I've been working with him ever since. And sick. he, it's, it's like sick workout, therapy. Sure. And I did it through the press tour. I did it through the release. Wow. And, and he didn't he know. He found something. Like, that's awesome. He, yeah. And he didn't know anything about anything. And he's, <laughs> some days I would just be <laughs> wailing, like punching, 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 punching. He's like, oh my God, I'm really glad that's not me or Patrick or somebody in your head so there was a lot of just tension and things that I needed to release and so I rely on exercise heavily yeah, we do for too. that. Yeah. That's amazing. You box. That's so cool. I would never expect that. Yeah, that's my favorite workout. But that's a good right release now. for you. I have done yoga. Of course, my name's India. I would be like yeah. a sin if I didn't. <laughs> like if I didn't do yoga, it would be a problem. Have you been to India? I have. Oh wow. I have. I went in my early 20s. Uh, wow. I'd that's love awesome. to go back. Yeah, Actually. I want to go there. My that's my wife's bucket list to go there. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty like shocking. But cows are walking, <laughs> cows are walking around there. Cows, yeah. Are it's oh yeah. Intense. So oh yeah. It's, intense, it's vegan right? heaven. Yeah. It's so cool. It's intense. I've been point. there. I've been there. Yeah. We, so you we saw cows shows. walking on the street like dogs. I saw everything on the plane ride over. They were just like, "This is the new India, not what you're thinking." With elephants in the streets and monkeys in the streets, <laughs> and then we get there, and it's exactly yeah. that. I was like, "Yo, there is an elephant in the street, yeah. and there are monkeys on its back." It's and there the was most the most wild. It place. was wow. out. Of it was insane to me. It was the first time being in a place where I had complete culture shock that's exactly i was like what i felt so tiny yeah insignificant and just because there's just a million people just all over you know billion of people just yeah everywhere billion sorry intense i've never there's no other place the smells the temperatures everything hits you as soon as you step off the plane. And the I felt smell. like an alien also just being oh, this blonde and this white. You must have been a I was like. <laughs> I mean, they were, I told, I mean, they were, I mean, just really, really all over anybody that was like different or anything. Yeah. I had dreads. Oh, then. you must look like an alien out Alien. There People were kids. The were just like, You're the predator. They're like, hey, like pointing, like, holy. Like I had a million like kids, like boys around me, like taking photos, like. And I'm big. Yeah, so the biggest they were, person they saw. Was yeah, they were just too. like, yo. But you have some Sanskrit on right. your arm. 
Totally. And they were just like really just like fascinated, like pointing on the bus, taking photos like all the time, like surrounding me, not even saying anything, just kind of like creeping up next to me. Like, <laughs> yes, my friend, I am taking a photo now. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Like, Whoa, there's a dude right there under my armpit. But it was that. Yeah. All the time. Like 100 yeah. percent non. And the big dreads. You must have scared. The dreads. They were just they were fascinated because a there's like a class type system going on mm-hmm. there of course and so if you're i don't know they really like look down on darker yeah. skin that was the saddest part and of it's that really moment. sad so when there's darker indians there they were kind of in the lower caste but they were like yo this guy is big he's dark he's got crazy hair and so the darker indians and stuff were just like yo this guy is awesome like wow. you know they were really That's like cool. I have all these incredible photos from there, but... Yeah, I remember it was the first time that I had seen a commercial about skin whitening. Yes. And I was so <laughs> disturbed by that. It's bleach. It's bleach. bleach. Yeah. And, wow. and there was a the woman smiling, on, and she was like kind of tan, and then she turns white, and she's like really happy about it. And I'm like, what? No, no, no. That is not wow. okay. Yeah, it's a big so, thing there. Yeah, it's, it's a big cultural thing. I think all most of asia yes yeah i was gonna say there's other parts of uh, asia as well where this is like a big deal like to lighten their skin they get better jobs better positions wow. for certain things yeah yeah I mean, that's like a yeah. pressure out there for sure it's a weird thing but besides all that i mean just the colors the smell the i mean the food people, the food oh my god yeah <laughs> that was the best really the best like people always oh talked about oh you're gonna get sick I, like, ate everything. I ate everything i ate Pretty much everything. I never got sick. Nobody in our crew got sick either. And there's so many veggie options. It's insane, right? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you Spicy. saw cows walking around all the time. And if you kill sleeping a, if, in the street, if you like, kill a cow, chilling. you go to jail. Mm-hmm. It's like not necessary. No, there's people that eat meat there. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's a, there's a lot. You know, but at the same time, you know, it's you know, there's so many different cultures and history that's been going through there that you don't realize. It's just, it's an intense experience. So long story short, short, she has an amazing name. Yeah, yeah. Long <laughs> I've story short, so you, you've been to India. So. I've been there. I love I love my name now. I didn't when right. I was a kid. I was like, can I just be Stephanie or Danielle or something? Like, <laughs> I just want to be a Jenny. I just want to be a Jenny. I just wanted to not be teased, basically. But and now I love my name and I feel like I, I, yeah, it's I have grown into it. It's great. Um, okay, let's, so let's get to Albany. So you said you were coming back here <laughs> and you were doing all that stuff out here. Yeah. Right, but when when did you find go to Albany? How old were you when you got okay. there? Okay, so it I was in Nexium for a total of seven years. Yeah, wow, give or take a little years. more. So that's most of my twenty. That's almost all of my twenties. Well, twenties back. I know. I've wow. said that a million times. <laughs> and so I'm a I'm 25 by the time that I move to Albany, and okay. I, it wasn't really a move. It was a forced move. So I was instructed mm. by Allison Mack, who. Oh, she's my least favorite. Yeah, I'm sorry. She was the woman that recruited me into DOS. <laughs> I'm glad she's in jail. I'm sorry. Well, she's under house arrest. Oh, okay. Uh, it's so wow. Claire Bronfman is in jail. Okay. Keith Raniere is in jail. Allison Mack, uh, Nancy Salzman, and Lauren Salzman and Kathy Russell are all still under house arrest. So nobody has a sentencing date oh, out of wow. that group yet. And she's one who was the actress, right? Yeah. And yeah, super pretty, yeah, very yeah. like just like right. she was yeah. on Smallville. Yeah. I never watched. I the never show. watched it either, but I know exactly. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I was instructed by her because at that point I had been recruited by her 
to be into DOS, DOS, which was the secret sub sorority that was supposed to be just Mm -hmm. women mentoring women. And how do you say that? What it really means? Because it's harder. Dominus obsequious sororium or something like that. So it's supposed to be like a women's sorority, like only for women only. Yeah. And we didn't know that that was the name. We didn't know that that was what we were signing up for. Yeah. And so ultimately I'm instructed to move to Albany. So I leave all my things, uh, everything that I had in my apartment, blah, 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 yeah. in my life in Los Angeles. And I I relocate there. And I'm thinking that this is going to be like my new path and that it's going to help me grow. <clears throat> what I didn't realize was that that was a strategic decision via Keith to have me live with Allison and ultimately kind of behave like a lure yeah. for other women mm-hmm. to make them feel comfortable. None of that is knowledgeable to me at the time. So course, I just yeah. think I'm going... And gonna be mentored. Yeah. How soon did that go from like that to be like having to do chores and like pretty immediately tell you what you could eat, you know? Within, I mean, pretty much immediately. But it was a slow, it was a slow build up to that, and that's what I wanted to also make really clear and seduce that like this doesn't happen overnight. You don't just say yes to something (laughs) like DOS overnight. Mm -hmm. This is me being indoctrinated and groomed for five years prior to then get to the point where I would say yes to something like that, thinking that it was good for me. Mm -hmm. And so it took a while, but the practices of DOS started very quickly. And Mm -hmm. Allison began with the like calorie counting, which then turned to restricted eating, which then turned to 500 calories or less. So they don't just say, now you're going to be starved. Mm -hmm. They say, you're going to do this and you're going to, ask you're gonna weigh your food then you're gonna count calories then you're gonna restrict them then you're gonna ask permission so it's all like a gap you know a gradual increase of control okay i was gonna say were you happy during those five years before that did you Mm -hmm. ever question like should i be doing this or not plenty of times Hmm. but there was so much pressure from the group and from the higher ranking members who are already established in the group that it was really difficult to leave even before I got into DOS yeah, even yeah. just as an, a coach mm-hmm. it was like a lot of guilt a lot of pressure a lot of shaming basically if you were going to leave ESP in our minds it meant you were bailing on yourself you were bailing on your inner world Giving and that's quitting, that's yeah. like a big fear to implant mm-hmm. into people and that's what these groups do they implant phobias and fears in their members so that it's more difficult for them to question yeah and then they start hitting you with the clatter, with the photos, with like yeah. well, secrets. Yeah, well, that was specifically DOS. Super mm-hmm. evil, man. That's super evil. And that's blackmail. Totally. Yeah. And so yeah. that that's that's when I wish that I would have been able to see, but I just couldn't. There wasn't a, a red flag for you, and you started saying, "Give me some photos or some." Secrets? Well, yeah, I'm, but so the first, and I, I talk about this in the series too, yeah. because I I felt myself feel afraid. And I remember saying to Allison, like, I feel like you're going to hurt me with this information. I don't really know you, which was Mm -hmm. the truth. And then immediately she cut me at the knees, which was, how could you think that about me? So Everything that you know about me and the program, everything that you know about Keith and what he does and what he's building in the world, the five years that you've just spent here, all this good work. And, and that was logical enough to me because I wanted to believe that what we were doing was good. Yeah. But that was the first time you ever felt fear and my instincts yeah definitely first time the whole time yeah yeah and then after that it kind of got smaller and like my instincts and my intuition and whatever gut feeling i had got smaller and smaller and smaller until 
I could barely recognize myself. Wow, man. And who who developed this idea of really the manipulation that they developed? Because it seems like it would take some time to really come to create something so sinister. Yeah. Probably know, Keith, I, right? It, it is. I mean, so it, did he... he was, evil. was it like trial and error? Was it like something that... Yeah. Okay, oh, this is working, so we'll keep this in and just kind of evolved into becoming... A, so Keith... Now that I've, I'm able to look at this more right. objectively and I've gotten more information over these past couple of years and working on Seduced as well yeah. and writing a book about this, I feel <laughs> like I have a little, I'm a little bit more informed about Keith's behavior and mm -hmm. that this has been something that he's been doing for decades. Mm -hmm. So we were not special. Right. We were another science experiment to him. And what I found out while we were filming was that he had offered offered i say in air quotes a master slave contract to a woman 20 years before dos was even in existence wow so this is his thing mm -hmm. like that's his mo and he was basically boundary testing with whomever he okay. could to see how far he could push right. people okay. so wow, we were man. we were targeted to be a part of that process we were not special right and i like to say it like that even though it can sound harsh because I think that anybody who is targeted by a predator needs to know that they're not specially broken. They're yeah, not specially right. vulnerable. They might have been vulnerable, but it's not a character defect. Yeah. The mm -hmm. person is preying on you. Yeah, yeah. They, know, they yeah. know what to do. Wow. You yeah. don't. And right. so I think that's something that I've had to learn for myself because I had so much judgment about myself. Like, mm -hmm. how could I let that happen? Mm -hmm. How could I let that happen to other people mm -hmm. that I cared about and I brought in? Like, I, you question yourself quite a bit when you make decisions that really do change your life yeah, and or change other people's lives. So I've had to do a lot of that kind of soul searching for myself and figure out like, okay, what am I responsible for? What was I not responsible for? What were the things that were hidden from me? Mm. Yeah. And so on and so forth. How many forth. times had you met Keith before actually moving to Albany? Um, uh, probably, I see, like a dozen times. Oh, okay. But, but never really formally. Like yeah. I, I, I saw him as the like executive principal of the school that I was going to. Yeah. Like I saw him in this elevated position, but I didn't feel like, oh, this is a guy I really want a relationship with. Like <laughs> yeah. that was not my feeling yeah. when I went to Albany. I was like, oh, this guy's kind of short and hairy and looks like a Teddy Graham. <laughs> like right. he wasn't impressive to me in that no. way. It wasn't until I was in DOS and I was given that seduction assignment by Allison Mack and I was basically being forced to have a Being intimate relationship. Him, yeah. yeah. That that was when everything changed. That was not what I thought DOS was. Mm -hmm. I thought DOS was a kind of like a girl club. Yeah, like yeah. a girl club, but like intense coaching where we were gonna learn to be badass and tough yeah. and, and box and box and <laughs> like all the shit that they said we were gonna do. I like do now in That's my normal right. life yeah, without yeah. fucking collateral. So it's yeah. like clearly those were my types of yeah. MOs. I mean, I consider myself a feminist. This was all just twisted mm -hmm. to benefit Keith. And right. and when you when they started grooming for him, did you were you pretty much did you feel like it was just what was just you? There was no other girls involved. Oh yeah, and that it was just it was just me only me that's once. That's what they do. Yeah. So I thought, okay, this is my assignment. I'm going to get over this. I was really nervous because I did not want to seduce this guy. Oh my and God. 
this is going to be my big challenge. I'm going to show them how like brave I am and how committed I am to this group. And then it's going to be easy sailing from here. Like <laughs> yeah. that's what I was thinking. I yeah. mean, God, no, I was so fucking wrong. But I I'm really short and hairy. I'm not going to think about right. that. Gonna... That's what I thought. Yeah. And, and because <laughs> what I didn't know was that he was doing this to many women all at the same time in slightly different ways, but pretty much almost identical process. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we were told was anything that happens with Keith, you do not speak about. You don't speak about it to the other women in your pod. You don't even have to speak to Because it's all happening to them too. Yeah. And that's how special. And that's how he kept those secrets going. Um, But it's not unusual. If you look into it and you see like kind of predatory behavior, Mm -hmm. it's like that. And it happens in families. It happens in work environments. It Mm -hmm. happens at schools. Like it's bad. Yeah. It's crazy. So you, so you were doing all that and losing weight and checking calories and being groomed. How long did that actually last? Um, I was there for about two years. And in think, Albany. And I think you got branded like in 2016, correct? Yep. Yeah, in the winter of 2016. Like just hearing this, seeing that in the dock and all the girls are in there and everybody has to get undressed mm-hmm. and then taking turns at doing that. Like trying to even vision something like that is fucking crazy, man. And I know how it feels to get tattooed. Yeah. They don't get branded. I mean, I mean they do this. I like have tattoos too. Fraternities and sororities, you know, branding. Yeah. So I would, you know, so. But, but branding's no joke. And there's no so, anesthesia. There's right. no numbing yeah, cream. There's right. no nothing. So you're being... It's scarification. Yeah. Because yeah, mm-hmm. they use a cauterizing pen. It's not like what some people think where it's a... Like a, a cow Right, thing. yeah, a cow brand. Like That's one. not what it's like. But I, <laughs> I have a weird story about that. When I had moved to New York City after... Um, like after this stuff came out in the New York Times and yeah. I, I wasn't able to get work in Albany. So I moved to New York. I applied to like 20 different places and that's when I got hired um, with Matthew Kenny Cuisine okay. to oh, wow. work for their company. It's an all nice. vegan company. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's where I met my then uh, boyfriend, now fiance, Perfect. who is a chef for them. So I didn't know it, he's a chef yeah, for he's a, he, wow. he just, he, he has been working with them for the past couple of years, but he just branched off to do his own thing. Um, vegan, now. plant-based. No, he does. He can do vegan, but he's really traditional. So it's Italian okay. Um, pizza. Okay. Um, awesome. But yeah, we just did a pop-up in Venice. I saw that. I yeah. know that was his. That's yeah, awesome. that's him. I saw that. And nice. I help and I just take the orders because it's fun. <laughs> and <laughs> he makes the pizza. But anyways, we met there and I just... I just remember I was just so vulnerable at that point and I just didn't know who I could trust and I just buried myself into work. Yeah. And I remember one night when, when Patrick and I were just becoming friends and we were talking and he told me a little bit about the fact that he had gone to a school in the South where they did branding as okay. part of their like fraternity Initiation. pledging yeah. thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I know about that. And he's like, well, why don't you show me yours and I'll show you mine. Mm-hmm. And I was like... <laughs> what and literally like the blood left my arms i was like oh my god this guy's gonna think i'm fucking crazy and (laughs) and so finally like i i do get a little bit brave and i sort of show him my Mm -hmm. brand and he's like oh it's not that bad and so like everything about everything about how he was with me kind of helped me realize that maybe there was someone who wasn't going to judge me. Yeah. Like maybe mm-hmm. there was Love actually that. someone who wanted to hear it from me rather than hear it from the headlines. Cause at that point mm-hmm. it was all over like the media, cult girl, sex slave, branded sex slave, Fuck. like all these really, really difficult and challenging 
things to be na- branded with. Yeah. I mean, if you, well, no pun intended, no pun intended but yeah, yeah. it's, it was hard. And so I think that's why I relied on him so much at, at that time. And I still do is because he does not associate me with Nexium. Mm-hmm. He knows me as India. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of like a lesson from this is just like, the things that we see on the internet, the things that we see yeah. online, or just like the veneer of people, sometimes it's great to be so wrong about what you think about someone. For sure, I agree with that. And like, I feel that way with you guys. Like, mm-hmm. I would never have met you maybe if we right. hadn't reached out on, on the internet. And I wouldn't yeah. know who you, what kind of people you are. Yeah. So, like, that's just a sidebar. I, that's but a positive thing about social media for sure, though. Yeah. It's connecting True. people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you get your tattoo covered up in New York, huh? Mm hmm. Who's the artist? You remember the artist who did yes, it? Yes, her name is Monica at Red Baron. Um, Red Baron, yeah. They're in the Alphabet Streets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lower so, East Side. Lower East Side. Alphabet Streets. Yeah. Never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Alphabet City. That's awesome. City. Alphabet City, yeah. And so they're, they're I never great. I never Alphabet Streets. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, and how, they, is it, how does it feel getting tattooed over a brand? Well, it's it has some numbness because the nerves have been damaged right so when i could feel it like that sim that same kind of like scratchy feeling of of tattoo but Mm -hmm. it wasn't as intense as the brand that's for sure i mean it wasn't anywhere near it and i remember uh i i love monica she was so great with me and i i was really scared to get tattooed because i didn't think that it would work over a scar so i asked her first like hey I have the, and I wasn't allowed to talk about this openly at that point mm. when I went to go visit her because I was still, I was working with the FBI. So I was a cooperating wow. witness for mm. nine months. So when I approached this woman, I'm like, so I've got the scar. Um, it's really bothering me. I would love to figure out how to cover it up. Do you think that we could design something together that would cover up every inch of it? Mm. She was like, send me some pictures. So I sent her the pictures. We worked on it together. I was in Colorado at the time. And then I flew in to work with the FBI, and that night I went to go get the tattoo. Wow, man! Uh, and I was going to be working with them for a couple days, and wow. so I went to Monica. We start chatting. She starts tattooing me. I notice some Sanskrit on her arm, and I'm like, "What's that?" She goes, "Oh, long story, but I went to go get a tattoo. I thought it said." love in sanskrit but this asshole guy put his name on me and i was and i was like what is this yeah and she's tattoo artist she's you know got dredge gorgeous um and i'm like well funny that you say that (laughs) i kind of have a similar situation with my scar Mm. i was told that this was a symbol of the elements Elements. and it happens to be the initials of a real asshole And so she was like, oh, well, I'm really happy to help you then. And so like that was as far as we left it. And I actually went back Mm -hmm. to that studio to um, film her during Seduced, but it didn't make it into the into the cut, unfortunately. And just like show her the how it healed and tell her the story. And she was like, oh, my God, I had no idea that that's what you were going (laughs) through at the time. And I was like, yeah, thank you for all your help. And she is just so. I I'm really grateful for that because it yeah. has changed my feelings about the brand because yeah. now I can look at myself even if I'm naked and not feel like, Ugh, which right. is like how I yeah. used to feel about myself. Now I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, so w- when you get branded or you're about to get branded or after you get branded, did you realize like, okay, this is weird or this is, this is just element symbol. Like this uh, is the next step. I'm starving. I'm skinny. I haven't <sighs> ate. I'm fucking doing chores. Yeah. And now I'm getting branded. So, 
I remember before we got branded, I was like, do we have to do this? Because there was a part of me that was like, do we have to do yeah, this? Right. And and like at least that was still intact a little bit. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And Allison said yes. So once she got it, one too? Yeah, she has one. Okay. So once again, it was just like me realizing that I just didn't have control. Like I did not have a say in if I was gonna be able to do something or not. Ultimately it was Allison's decision. And so they spun it for us as if it was going to be this empowering moment where we were going to get branded with the symbol of the elements and it was going to bring us all together and in a way it kind of felt like that like yeah, yeah. it was like sisterhood. we were going yeah it was a sisterhood it was like we were going through this really difficult challenging painful thing and we were all going to be doing it and there was a certain solidarity in that and i was kind of out of my body though and i yeah. i remember and you're right i was sleep deprived i was food deprived and so were the other women and so I remember watching myself get this brand and thinking, oh, this is going to be a lot bigger mm-hmm. than a quarter. Yeah. Which is what we had been told. And it wow. was large. And so I think that was a moment for me where I just kind of had to convince myself once again that what we were doing was good because I could feel that, like, that moment of questioning. But I had yes. to override mm-hmm. it and, like, be strong. Be and strong. With and, and, and this who is went good. First? me oh shit that's right you did yeah i did wow man yeah so it was and like some of them some another woman who sadly is still in and she's loyal to the group even Uh, after everything even after everything and she was one of my closest friends and and she the branding was very very scary for her and i remember watching that and i i was kind of dissociated so i was crying but i wasn't feeling fear at that point i right. was just kind of like the i adrenaline. remember the doc she was your close friend i remember this now yeah and Come. so my close friend uh she's still in so how many people do you think is still in there probably about i mean in there i don't know if there is a, a there, there anymore but i think that there's still people practicing different techniques and tools and check-ins and readiness but there's drills. no dos anymore no there is wow. so what People listening have to watch these docs. Yes, wow. and and that's the that. crazy part. And the, and actually, I just found out yesterday that Nikki Klein went on a podcast and even promoted DOS and they as a website. They call it the DOS Project or something. I, it was too hard for me to wow. look into, but I, you can find it online. Well, so it's too sad to wow, see that man. they're still that's, so committed to it and i'm like and there's so much information uh, dude's in jail for 120 years yeah and they, they've they had to compartmentalize to an extreme because either they truly believe that keith is still good or they just do not want to confront what what right. me and uh, many other people had to confront right which is the reality it's what it sounds like yeah, yeah and how soon after the branding or how soon after the dos stuff and losing weight and all this did you realize like did it have to be when you got arrested? Like, when did you really realize, like, <laughs> I got to get the fuck out of here? This yeah, is... I wish. I wish it was sooner. But, but you were still wasn't. there after you got I... arrested. That's right. Yeah. I was still in until after Allison was arrested. Mm. So Allison, Keith was arrested in March. Yeah. Allison was arrested in April. I was still pretty in, but I was trying to separate myself because, you know, at that point I had my job. I had, like, some uncult friends are you making money too then <laughs> yeah okay, okay i'm, I'm okay. like i'm working at the vegan place i'm managing okay. the little cafe no i'm saying you make your money and you make your money in albany you might make any money there. no no i sold like some vegetarian meals here and there and i made money like that but wow. that was that 
that was about it. That's what I was going to ask as well. It's like, who, at any point, was anyone making any money being a coach? or Because yes. I, I thought there was a way there was. to level up. Yeah. So in there, what they called the coach path, mm-hmm. you were able to make money once you became a proctor. Okay. And a proctor was someone who had an orange sash, like Sarah Edmondson right. was a proctor. Uh, Mark Vicente was a senior proctor, which right. is green. And those people were able to make money. How much? I don't know. Right. I was um, curious. Like, but, how did they figure that but out? But they were right? able to, you know, maintain a certain lifestyle wow. that way. Okay. And and people did that through sales, too. Right. And they get a percentage. I was a shitty <laughs> recruiter. <laughs> but, and I never was able to make the, the mark. I mean, like they said, if you make, I think it was something like, six people recruited in under six months then you could get to be a salesperson but then you had to maintain your sales status and i was Jesus like it was really, really hard so you put a lot of pressure on yourself for sure right oh yeah i was calling everybody i was like my mom called me uh like a mormon going out and trying to recruit everyone and i was like it, it was embarrassing and, and your mom was reaching out to you the whole time and you weren't talking to her at all or? well I was distancing myself from my mom. And then when I moved to Albany and I became involved with DOS, I really restricted communication because it was just too hard. I was living like a double life. Yeah. And I had this whole secret life that I was existing in that really felt like my everything. And then I had everything else mm. on the outside. Meanwhile, your mom's a badass. I'm going to give her so many props. She like, is. You've yeah. seen her fighting for you the whole time and just... Oh, man, she just is. watching the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, get her. You have to get her fight. out. Yeah, it was like, and it, and it seems never like giving from, up on you, man. It's from, like from watching also both docs. It, it seems like your your grandmother was just like from the very beginning, like this yep. is bullshit. Yes, she was. And I was like, you're my favorite. She's, she was no, just she like, was. I'm calling bullshit on this. I love her. She was, she was amazing. She's like, the she, best. She's so. I was. Really, she is a no bullshit person. Like, yeah, she I could, coming from Europe, and dealt with her communists. Backlog. Right, that's what <laughs> she's I'm like saying. fuck yeah. Keith. Yeah, yeah. I dealt with Nazis. I dealt with right. communists. I dealt that with that was this. like something that really struck me. It's like she knows what she's talking. She can smell bullshit. Yeah, instantly. You yeah. know, she there's can. no doubt about it. It's like she had to deal with serious reality. It's like she was from Philly or something. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was, it was, was pretty impressive. Baltics. Yeah, yeah she the was, Baltics. I remember that. was right. She, mama, she was, and um, she was like a, a, a from a Serbian she's background. She's a princess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's and, really intense. Yeah, you know? and so she did call bullshit and and my mom is amazing and she did fight for me and I oh, now yeah. have, I mean, my, my respect for my mom is Absolutely. just through the roof. I and, believe it. And my gratitude for her as well, because I'm now experiencing like in a small way what she experienced just in trying to get some of these laws changed and trying to work with law enforcement or trying to work with people who are leaving high control groups. And it's so difficult because there really isn't a space for this yet. Mm -hmm. There's no money in it. So Mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of resources, unfortunately. Um, There are the only angle that most people or the only recourse most people have is through human trafficking funds. Yeah. And so cults specifically don't really generate a lot of interest for people because there is no money in it because most often people leave and they're destitute. So they don't even have the money to pay for therapy, which right. in a, a lot, takes everything. they need yeah. it. And they, and we, I Definitely. know I needed it. Right. Yeah. Do you remember where you were when um, Keith got arrested in Mexico? I was in Soho. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was walking to work. So every day I used to walk from Brooklyn Heights to um, the East Village. Nice. I miss walking. Yeah. And it was like my eight miles of quiet 
by myself and it was great and I could just like cry and I, that's the thing that I love about New York too is nobody cares if you're that one lonely girl on the bridge crying by yourself you're just like one other person and right. that I loved I was like yeah. <laughs> and, and I needed that because mm-hmm. I was feeling really bombarded right. it's crazy I'm feeling lonely in New York City too yeah it's, and yeah. it's like and I would just blast music and I what I, kind I of music? I had a couple anthems, actually, strangely. One of them was um, Maybe I'm Amazed by Paul McCartney. Great. And I just would, I remember blasting that in my ears when I would walk over the bridge and just screaming it because there's traffic and no one would hear. And there was something wow. about the music for me. And there was another, uh, Hallelujah also wow. was another one. I felt like I just needed music to connect me to my soul. Yeah. Because I had felt so disconnected from myself. And that was something that I used to use when I was a teenager to feel mm-hmm. peaceful. Were you Absolutely. listening to music in Albany? You listen to music? Not you guys have dance parties or anything? Well, like yes and no, but I was not like, it, it wasn't my style. Uh-huh. I know it, I, I really lost myself for a while and I, I, it was hard for me to come back to myself, but I used things like food, like music, like all of that to kind of yeah. get me back to my my soul or whatever. Right. When you left Albany and went to New York, were you psyched to eat like some New York pizza finally or something? No, because I was still, I was still under like a really restricted diet, even though I wasn't reporting to Allison because we had kind of stopped. Do you want me to wait? Sure. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> um, I want to get a slice of pizza, man. I'm fucking starving. I'm finally out of this thing yeah, in Albany. No, and like, I, I wish. And it w- that didn't happen right away because I was under, so the, investigation was really active at that point i didn't know if i was going to be arrested i didn't know if i was going to need to work with the fbi at that point i had no relationship with them it was so i was under a lot of stress and i wasn't like i wasn't taking care of myself very well and i was you know moving in the middle of the night trying to like get out Allison's apartment, finding storage in Chinatown. I was kind of a mess and I was doing it all on my own until Patrick came into my life and offered help. And I was still like, no, (laughs) but then I started to let him help me a little. It must've been hard to trust people. It was. Yeah. I was, I was going to say also like your mother was really, you had a split pretty much. You weren't really talking with her. Yeah. And, and, it must have taken a long time to get that relationship back. I oh, mean, because yes. she was really, I mean, a lot of people, I guess, weren't seeing it from your perspective where she was putting your shit out there. Yeah, I and felt you're like, like everyone... yo, what the fuck, mom? Like, chill. And that's <laughs> what I felt like. Putting right? books and docs. Yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, it was this scary. Is my... And I was there in the East Village at that point, like when Keith was arrested, I was walking to work mm-hmm. and I, my boss calls me and he's a New Yorker, like born and bred. And he goes, yo, your boy, he's been arrested. Your boy. And I was like, I was like, my boy? That's how we That's how we like, like, Yo, your boy is yeah. And I was like, my boy? And he's like, yeah, Keith. And I was like, oh, shit. And I didn't feel sad. I didn't cry. I didn't. I was in shock. Right. Because I was like, whoa, this shit's real. But it still wasn't registering what shit was real. <laughs> right, like right. It was Same. just like something was real, but I wasn't all there yet. I wasn't quite there. I'd for some liked... people, that would have been a closure. But for you, it's like, no, I'm still... No, I was still in limbo. And so he's like, I was like, should I go to work? And he was like, probably not. Because mm-hmm. they knew that it was going to get swarmed. Like the cafe was going to get swarmed with paparazzis probably trying to say like, yeah. what do you think, cult girl? Like, mm-hmm. your your boy. <laughs> like, whatever. You know, like something horrible. <laughs> and I just couldn't handle that. So I went over to my boss's house and he was like, okay, well, let's just order some snacks and eat cartoons. So we end up just... What are snacks? 
snacks. Oh, oh snacks. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, like, yeah. like yeah. no, no. I was like, no, that would have been cool. I was like, you want to pay me some more? Sure. But no, he wanted to just order some food and hang out and watch cartoons. And I thought that was kind of what I needed that yeah. day. Right. And um, so cut to Allison gets arrested in right. April. My mom reaches out to me in June okay. and we start to mediate okay. with a woman who is a deprogrammer. And that sounds weird, uh, but no, that's no, a real no, thing. I yeah. believe that would be necessary. And it was because right. we were literally speaking different languages. Yeah. I was speaking cult talk. She was speaking reality. Right. right. And, but but a scared reality. Like right. the, when your mom's terrified that you're going to do something bad. So already I was kind of on the defense. Like, yeah. mom, you just put everything out there. Everyone's looking in my underwear she, drawer right, and right. I feel totally right. exposed. And she really did. Yeah. And and but, the, but it worked. And it worked because the reason that she did that and what I had learned after I left is she did that for me as an act of love. Yeah. Like as oh, a way absolutely. to show me and and the world that I was also a victim of this man totally. when I couldn't even admit that to myself. Right, right. So I even though that was hard because I felt so foolish and felt so embarrassed mm -hmm. and thought like how am I going to come back from this? Yeah, I, I really wanted to just kind of like run away to the mountains and leave all of this behind and change my name. Mm -hmm. But I also knew that that wasn't really an option. Right. Like yeah. that I was going to have to deal with this one way or another. And I was going to have to take this back into my own hands. I just didn't know how that was going to be or what it was going to look like. But I just started to write. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Very that therapeutic. that was therapeutic for me. And that was like my first I was writing, I was working with a deprogrammer and a therapist and rebuilding that trust with my mom, yeah. like you yeah. said, mm -hmm. because one of the things that the cult was very good at was disconnecting people from their feelings yeah. of, of loved ones or things that were um, kind of in the way of your loyalty to the cult. Yeah. So they would advise you to do an EM and we talk about that in the series as well. Mm -hmm. And I did probably just like hundreds of EMs on just my mom. Mm. And wow. so my feeling of my mom had been just changed. And I remember when I came back to California, I had left um, New York and I was living in my mom's rental house in Malibu. And it was the first time that I had been with her in, in years. Yeah. Uh, really it's like you were strangers almost. it was like we were strangers and I felt so nervous to be around her and this is my own mom yeah and I remember one day just like breaking down to her and and saying like I don't know what's going on with me I know that I love you but I can't feel it mm -hmm. and I literally couldn't wow. feel it and it was so scary and it That's threw me scary. into a really deep depression because I didn't know how I was gonna get my yeah. love back mm -hmm. yeah and that's heavy, man. It was scary. And I just remember feeling so unstable emotionally and going to really dark places, feeling suicidal, Fuck. like all these things. And I didn't realize that I was also kind of, that's what you have to go through. Mm -hmm. It's like you have withdrawal, to go through a death. Of, yeah. And so I'm there in the middle of that going like, what is going on? Am I losing my mind? Am I schizophrenic? Am I fucked up forever? Like, I just didn't know. And like how complicated recovery was going to be and continues to be, but I yeah. have a better handle on it now. Great, great. Your mom's a fucking badass superhero, yes. though, man. It's really happy to hear that that relationship is. Me you know, too, because it's a process of you know. And she was there with me the whole way, but oh. it was scary for her too because I'm sure. she had her own trauma from me, from me, right. and yeah. like what <laughs> I had done to her while I was under the influence of the group and the way that I had treated her and the mm. things that I had said to family members and all of that has to be repaired. Yeah. 
and this th- this thing of your we're both parents, this thing about like your kid being something like that, like and just losing them. Yeah. They want nothing to do with you. There's a wall and just something that's your baby <laughs> right yeah. something old that you you don't ever want to um accept you know yeah. it's unacceptable like i mean they can see the conviction yeah. that your mother had like even people weren't paying attention at first right or which was she like was re- crazy. crazy which was really frustrating to watch in both docs it was like yeah yo these people aren't really taking her seriously and right. she's doing the talk show circuits everything, and man. everything that in her power, her power man. but she never gave up no and that's my mom right and so that's one of the things that I have learned from her after the fact is just how many no's she got throughout that whole journey. She's like the government at a certain point was so useless to me that I had to go to the media. And so she tried. She called Washington. She called. Yeah. She called she's got every a lot of friends. Yeah, she's got a lot sure. of friends. She's <laughs> called FBI agents. She called human trafficking. She called every every resource that she could get to. Every legit resource that she could get to turned her away. Wow. And so she that was her last recourse. And I didn't realize that because I didn't know what my mom was going through yeah. while I was on the inside. Yeah. yeah. And so I just now cut to her being on TV, and I'm like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. But. I didn't know all the work that she had done in order to Quiet. even get to that point. Sorry, Sensei. Um, <laughs> so where, where were you when she went on She went on and started saying that stuff when she first came out? I was out? in Albany. Wow. Wow, man. Yeah, but... Quiet. And who told you about it? Like, you just, Did you have television there? Like, you watching? I had TV. You had a phone? Yeah, yeah, I had a phone. We had computers. We had all of that. It was pretty monitored. But it was, um, we had all of that. It was actually Allison who even showed me the New York Times and, you know, did that whole, oh, it's fake news, fake news, fake news. She's the one that bothered me the most, man, just for a second, just because she had such a cute, pretty demeanor, but she was like so evil and just everything. It just, I think she she really got broken. Yeah. I think she really got broken. And I, I really don't think that she had much of herself before she met Keith. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. how sometimes there's those people who like they've, for instance, she was a child actor. So this is just my theory. And mm-hmm. I, I write about this a little bit in my book, but I really do believe that she had always been trained to be directed and she had always mm. been trained to be, become what the director wants. And so I really do think that that's what she knows. Yeah. And right. that when Keith, targeted her for Nexium because of her celebrity like status. I think she was so open to being molded by him because she believed that he was doing something good. But really, he broke her into a very, very dark and disturbed person. I don't know how much she had that already in her. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. She I was just, just like a shell of herself. It wasn't really her anymore. That's yeah, kind of what I, it I felt she, like. I mean, it, it seems like it, that's a great observation that she seems like she went in already like really not having any self as far as like knowing who her yeah. true self she wanted depth i remember her right. talking about that a lot like you know i've always been in this world my whole life i really want a deeper more mm, meaningful okay. existence so i feel for her in a way like i i feel for her as a broken person but, but yeah. i also I, I think there's a lot of people that have this feeling of course but it's just so but then scary that these Person's just praying. Vultures just coming. Yeah. Like that's really that's when you have to draw the line. And right. like, thank God I didn't have to do that. And that was the job of the government to say like, this is victim, this is perpetrator. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Yeah. But but really, there there is a line, and there are things that she was privy to that I was not. I see. Yeah. And so that that really 
kind of shows you like how much does someone really know yeah yeah and i was gonna ask you was there somebody that was like okay we're gonna do the brand you're like uh hell no yeah <laughs> they, they were like i'm i'm not some people see ya. i'm done yeah but <laughs> i mean they went after us. Not, okay. Nobody nobody re- refused in our group. Because okay. it had to, it's mandatory, It was right? mandatory. It was mandi- but was- there were people who, who had... So, like, in the in the DOS setup, it was a master-slave dynamic. Right. Was Allison like was my m- master with four, three other women in that group, and we were under her. Damn. She was really tough, and she was, like, a more aggressive master, like, more abusive both verbally and with her punishments. Other people were not that way. Some people were more lenient. Some yeah. people were not as aggressive. So it just like really depended on the person, like the Stanford Prison Project. Yeah. So very similar. Right. You see people's up. true nature come right. out when they're under stress, when they're uh, when they're put in a position of power. Yeah. And so like for me, there were certain things that were just too uncomfortable for me to impose on somebody else that I rather take the punishment on myself. Mm. And maybe give somebody some bullshit assignment that made it seem legitimate. Like, oh, go go journal for a couple hours. And there are certainly things that I did that I have had to question and, and yeah. repair with people. Like ways that I've spoken to people that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And but I never took it to where Allison took it. Right. And that was yeah. at, in a different different level of, of abusiveness. When you guys all got brandy, we were, after that I was like, oh, how you guys doing? You guys okay? Like everybody's got like these. I mean, she wasn't mean to us after. She she like you guys gave in pain? A, like everybody like, how are you feeling? To, you see the girls next How are you guys feeling? How's your brand? Really? It wasn't like that? No, I mean, it kind of. Yeah. But it was all secret. Yeah. So like you had to be as covert as possible in when you were communicating about those things in public. And how soon after having it did you know it wasn't Elements? But it was the, his initials. Way too long. I mean, <laughs> that that I didn't know that until it came out on the Frank report. Wow. Or, like, I didn't know until it came out in the media. Oh, my God. And then even then, we were being told that that was fake and they were doing that to sensationalize. And so there was a part of me that was just kind of like, I'm going to stick with the elements story because that feels <laughs> yeah. better. But uh, but yeah. then then when I moved back with my mom was when I listened to those tapes that we that we show and yeah. seduced and that was like a holy shit moment yeah. for me where right. I couldn't go back and I thought yeah. oh my god wow everything that I thought has been now confirmed the opposite yeah as you start incredible. questioning yourself once you're out of there with your mom you're away from me you're like oh well, yeah I mean was it, any, was it was that just a specific moment where you realize holy shit I wasn't a co-? when did you realize like holy shit like that was all lies and bullshit mm. and a scam in stages. In yeah. Stages, right. Not all at once. So, like, even that moment with the tapes was a big moment. Then continue to work with the FBI for nine months, many big moments. Right. Of yeah. real, of, of holy shits. Mm-hmm. But, so you started coming to reality. You <laughs> yeah. But it's like, some people have said that they have this aha moment where, like, yeah. everything crashes around them and they see the truth. That just wasn't how it was for me. It was more in stages of absorbing the truth and like internalizing it and i had to kind of take it slowly for myself just in my own healing because it's too much to kind of process all at once right. um yeah. so maybe that's just my style mm-hmm. yeah so then you're out uh he goes to j- oh he so he's already in jail um alice goes to jail you're out you're in malibu no allison is uh, under house, house arrest, arrest in long beach he goes he's being whole held and then we go through the whole trial for yeah. months and then he gets sentenced in last 
uh, yeah. October. So, so it really took it took a couple years. And she's on home arrest and waiting to go waiting to go to trial, kind of thing. Or? Yeah, she's waiting to be sentenced. She's so she's already gone through part of the trial. She took a plea deal uh, of guilt. Oh, she did. She said that she was guilty, and I don't know what her deal is, so I don't know what her sentencing is going to yeah. be. Okay. No, that's not information that we get. Right. Yeah. But she never reached out to you ever again. No, she's not allowed. Wow. Yeah, by court order. She doesn't speak to anybody from back then or anything. Um, I've reached out to a couple people who I thought maybe I could help, mm-hmm. um, who are on the border of yeah. wanting to see the truth. But I don't speak to people who are still loyal because it's just not healthy for me. I think they'd be like broke by now by spending like, all their money. Like, but they kind of support each other. Like, oh really? I see. Yeah. So, and I think some of them are still able to maintain jobs. But really, the saddest part is just like a lot of life lost and a yeah. lot of yeah. life yeah. dedicated to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Jeez. Yeah. So, did you ever get back into acting again? Meh. <laughs> well, uh, well, <laughs> I, I don't want to skip um, over that because you've been in. Well, first of all. Well, because seduced, it's easier. It's almost easier to be yourself. Yeah, but seduced true. was not easy. I'm but, sure. Like, who was the person that was like? So there's two documentaries yeah. that yeah. people probably need to know. Um, and we watched the vow, the vow first, and 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 it was great. It it's really too, brought okay. in like it was like wow, this really happened, you know. And it was it really was too, for me. It was intense. a bit too long for me. It was really long. First you know, thing. that was the one thing I was like, wow, okay, let me. Get up for my second session. Yeah, well, here here we go. We're here in quarantine. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, here we are. Yeah, how many episodes is that? Nine, I think. It was nine. nine, And it was like really by like the fifth, I was like, I kind of got a really good idea where this is going. Um, But it was, it was, you know, I was really into it. I love documentaries. But I was going from the Tiger King to that. Yeah, (laughs) which I was already like, this is horrible. And then it was like, but going into this, I was like, I'm a person that can sit and watch stuff like this. But I was like, I don't know any average person that's going to be able to like endure like that many episodes. Then we heard about. Uh, seduce on, on stars, so then we both got subscription to stars because right. I was, like, I, I was like, I gotta <laughs> get the subscription. I, gotta my I have one. I have one too because I also really love Power. I don't yeah. know if you guys oh, watch. Yeah. It's amazing. I got into it. I watched all, all of it. Okay. Do you guys know him? Because I, I don't know. We know. Him. I think yeah, his producing him. is amazing. Yeah. And I thought the I, I love him. Respect him. Yeah. Storyline. It just drew me in, and I watched all the powers. So my fiance and I—that's our thing. (laughs) Okay, and we watched that. We watched all of them. So now we still have our star subscription. Yay, stars! And then we watched (laughs) that one, and I just loved how it was was like really. It was great hearing it come from your perspective. perspective. You're in your mom's perspective, and more of your grandma. I was like big fan, and I was just like, yeah. I was like, now I see like a much more clear, me too, distinctive picture of like how this all could have taken place and how it was a process. Yeah. Like this is like a really sinister, thought out, evil, manipulative process yes. that went down. Like it was like this person had so many times to like turn away, to let people like be free know, and everything. And he, it just didn't happen. Yeah. It was getting worse mm-hmm. and worse and worse. And it's just so mind evil. blowing. Yeah. Like how, you know, like he had to keep upping it. Yeah. Yeah. What, oh, what, I love, I love, I love that you, you your mom were united in doing this because yes. it oh, bummed man. me out that like yeah that you were so um, separated in the vow and like 
you weren't trying to hear what she was trying to say and she was trying to save you. And we, we all saw that. You didn't see that. But then seeing you together and seducing me. Yeah. As a dad, I'm a very emotional person. Just seeing you guys together united, mm-hmm. all that made me so happy, you know? Yeah, because we didn't, there was no closure on that storyline in, in uh, that. There in wasn't. That, right. Because yeah. I wasn't involved in that in that project yeah so okay, i really i was only involved in uh in seduced yeah so i i i understand why there wasn't that closure because they weren't following the story as who, who brought that idea of doing a second you know to do seduce like who came oh so um cecilia pack and imbal lesnar are my producing partners on yeah. um amongst a couple other people for seduced okay. and they had done a couple other projects that were also female focused i mean they've done lots of things but yeah. documentaries specifically one called brave miss world and the other called shut up and sing with the dixie chicks oh, and okay. so right. they and so uh cecilia directed that as well and so they had a vision of showing exposing nexium but really focusing on women and their voices yeah. and, and them they came sing- to you they came to me okay and i was like I'm not yeah, ready to talk. <laughs> right. I don't like anybody. I right. hate the media. Yeah, yeah. And they were oh, like, right. no. Understandable. And, and, but then when they started to share more about their vision and their pitch, I was like, wow, actually, if there was a place for me to share my story, this would be it. Absolutely. And I trusted them and I trusted their style of filmmaking and the amount of care that they gave to their subjects. And they wanted me to be a producer with them because they Excellent. wanted me to walk them through just my thought process and mm-hmm. what was going on every yeah. step of the way. It's super important to see that, you know. And so we worked together through that. And they had already started on a project and they had included the other women who you also see in Seduced. Yeah. Um, and then they ended up making my story and my mom's story kind of the spine of the project and then using everyone else to support those ideas like the experts that we had involved and um and the other women yeah but it was it was challenging and and my mom worked on the vow before i was even out because she was she was working with all those other incredibly brave people who had left even before i did they saw the truth and so like the amount of work that they had to do to get themselves to the point where they could see that and that they could leave and they could start to rebuild their lives. Like I just have tremendous respect for yeah. that, for them and their bravery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of them I'm still in contact with some of them. I'm not. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot to leave. Your mom yeah. had the lifetime special, right? Uh, escaping. Um, Nexium yeah. Cult. She, so that she, um, they took from her book. Okay. So th- I, we weren't really involved in that. Okay. I was definitely not involved in that. <laughs> although they used my name. And I remember, I, I remember one day I was like scrolling through Instagram and I see an ad of it. And I'm like, the girl who played me is saying like, hi, I'm India. And I was like, this is so fucking weird. Like, what is my life right now? And then I, I turned to my, I turned to my fiance. He's like, yeah, let's, let's get some pizza. Like, yeah, like, right. like you know, something you need to balance it out. Um, <laughs> And then you have a book too, Still Learning, your memoir. That came out last year, right? Yeah. I, I got, actually, it came out on Keith's sentencing, which I was like wow. an extra fuck you to him, which felt kind of awesome. Um, but it was actually, it was a big moment for me because yeah. that was the day when I went to sp- to share my victim impact statement. Yeah. And I read it in court to him with, with I was powerful. there wow. with one of my closest friends and she spoke 
before I did and she was really in- empowering for me. Yeah. So I felt good, but it was scary was and it was hard. Scary. Yeah, I can't imagine. It was. I was it's like facing your killer kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it was really intense. Like I was definitely shaking while I was reading. Wow. But I had practiced the, n- the night before and the morning before and I was like, okay, India, anyone can do anything for eight minutes. It's eight minutes long. You can do this. <laughs> like that was my coaching. And... Then the book came out that day, and that is just like my heart kind of like poured out. All that stuff. It was man. a lot. I, I've barely had time to process all I'm of this. Sure. And, and so your mom yeah. had, ca- had Captive too, right? That was another my one? My mom's book is Captive. Yeah. In Mother's Crusade. I, and I read, I read that when I came out. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Was it hard to read that? Yeah. <laughs> but imagine, it was also man. beautiful because what I got to see, but, and, and if you have read or if you've read my mom's book or listened to mine or vice versa, <laughs> Because I think my, mine mine is only for Audible exclusively. My well, mom like is, that. I'm yeah. a terrible reader. So you could. I so need that. I like because I'm dyslexic. Right. I listen to a lot of audiobooks because that's a better way for me to absorb information. I do love to read, mm-hmm. but it's exclusive for Audible. My mom's is captive, and that's you can get it on Audible or in print. Okay. And between the two, you can see like that we were going through very similar experiences. Yeah. And so there, it's. It's kind. Of, it was healing for me to read my mom's book. Yeah, I imagine. Jeez, this truck is driving me crazy. You know, the trash. It's it's like trash. <laughs> so, so you were in there for seven years. Yep. And now you've been out for two and a half years. Yeah. Wow, man. I know. I'm making up for lost time. Mm-hmm. It's so. It's. Yeah. It's. But. But I don't. I don't want to skip your acting because you're in a movie that Derek likes a lot. Starship Troopers. Oh, I wasn't in that. <laughs> you weren't. No. no it's okay. A, it's, it's a. So that. Oh, I know what you're. Finding. Okay, so Starship Troopers is my stepdad's movie. When I was a kid, he brought us all into the studio to be voices on a Starship Troopers video game. Oh, okay. okay. And I got to be a voice of a bomb. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and go, wee, woo, when I was like eight. And I, I was like, ah, oh, this is Sorry, amazing. Derek, she wasn't Starship So, no, Troopers. I was not, an, I'm not, I don't consider myself an actress. Okay. I, but you were I, in some things, though. I was in some things. The reality, reality show? I yeah. The princess? My family. We so, were kids. We had no choice. We were under duress. Right. So how old were you in the reality show? Thir- being filmed? 13. Wow. Right. I was 13. I'm kidding. We were not under duress. Okay. But we were, we, it was for a lifetime, ironically. Yeah, right. Oh, and, lifetime. And, a good relationship with lifetime. <laughs> I hope it gets better. That, during the lockdown, there was some weird dark hole that I went down. It was yeah, like lifetime, lifetime huh? specials. And Did it was you? like the lifetime channels. Like, Did you need some like lighthearted stuff? It's not lighthearted. It's, it's heavy. really dark. Oh, it's like right. Lifetime You're talking about channel. the Lifetime original movies. Yes. Those are gnarly. Like they're after school gnarly. specials, though. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of like after school specials, but they have the same theme where they have like a flashback. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, let's take it back. <laughs> you know, they show all the bad stuff first, like in the first minute of the show, and then it's like, flashback. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then you get, yeah. So Miracle of Cards was and stuff like the vector file all of that i was probably an extra or i was also a cat wrangler on one of those where i used my own kitten to then (laughs) go from the floor to a counter okay and i got a credit wow okay so nice no 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 protection program i'm laughing because i think i was a voiceover for that too I'm laughing because I'm not, I don't consider myself an actor, but I have had a lot of experience. And I feel like that's what makes me good at production. Because I've literally played every part on the set from craft service to now producer, (laughs) which is 
which is what I feel like you got to do. And that's why I love the restaurant industry too, because you start as a, di- you start washing dishes and I you work w- your way up. Hell yeah. And, and I have mad respect for, from my soon to be husband, who is also a chef because that's his way of working too. So yeah. mm-hmm. we work well in that, in that dynamic. Would you want to direct some more documentaries? Oh, I'd love to produce and direct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've lived it. It'd be so, it'd be, yeah, so I think exp- I all this experience here. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've got, I've got a sensitivity now to right. certain things that I didn't before. Well, so, that's that's the one thing that's really incredible: the fact that you went through this horrible ordeal, you know, in order to gain some perspective on who you are. At the end of yeah. the tunnel, though, you actually gained a large amount, a vast yeah. amount. I would say true. So yeah, I got you know, an education. I'm, yeah. You did. Yeah. <laughs> it, indeed. Is a long you know, time, like man. really, but in the end, you know, if you look at all the positive things, it's totally seems positive. Like you, you know, there's you really made it a out, lot. girl. You made it right. out. Made it out and then um and then when I moved back, our house burned down in the Woolsey fires. So it really? was like that was also two thousand eighteen oh. in yeah. in after it was like the first time where I had, had all of my stuff in one place because I had been kind of a gypsy and also living in Albany for yeah. the past couple of years. So I moved everything back from California, uh, sorry, from New York to California to be with my mom, was helping her renovate a property. Yeah. Four days after we moved in, we lost it to the Woolsey fires, which you, wow. I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. The Woolsey fires. Yeah. And so it was kind of like the cherry on top mm-hmm. in the weirdest of ways because now we had been stripped of n- we had nothing we i had my animals my sisters my mom my computer and my passport mm-hmm. and like my poor boyfriend at the time had lo- he was studying in italy and he was like did you get any of my stuff and i was like no <laughs> but if it makes you feel better i didn't get any You're of mine own. either <laughs> but i am in and your I'm alive and i'm alive and that's what he said and he was right. like okay well everybody's safe everyone's alive <laughs> yeah. and and then we were stripped of all of that stuff and i just had my family and Good, so okay. it was like kind of strangely healing yeah, because sure. we really got to the bare bones of what our relationships were mm. but that was just kind of another you know curveball in the, right, in the right. past couple of years. A few curveballs in there. Yeah. Um, did you want to talk about that? I want to talk, you yeah. know, a little bit about uh, a family. Yeah, the royalty, you know, yeah. like, I Princess mean, it's, Elizabeth, it's pretty interesting. Yugoslavia. Oh, uh, yes. You know, in Yugoslavia, for listeners here that it doesn't exist anymore, it's mm-hmm. separated now in the Serbia. Was that that and, symbol? And, and Croatia. Montenegro. And, and Montenegro and uh, Croatian. I mean, I grew Slovenia. up with a lot of these. And Slovenia, of course. Yeah. We can't forget Slovenia. Was there like a symbol for Yugoslavia back then? It was like a... Well, yeah, it was, it was all united. It was massive. I mean, you probably know more about the history it, itself. I mean, but I have um, not not to change the subject, but I have a, I have a plaque from Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses signed to my son. I think it's from Yugoslavia. It's like the symbol back then. Before back it then, maybe yeah. was it a crest? Yeah, it was a crest. It's yeah, she's right. yeah, probably yeah. a crest. Yeah. So there was a. So, yeah, it, former Yugoslavia. And <laughs> yeah. so now I just refer to it as Serbia or like Serbia Montenegro at one point. And uh, yeah. so now it's, Ser- <laughs> it's now it's Serbia. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty complex. You know, the history. I love history and I love the history there. And since I grew up in Cleveland. I see you're the smartest metal singer right now. Oh, stop. There's, there's Scott Ian from Anthrax. You're a singer? Oh, yeah. You're a singer? I'm a, yeah. si- I'm oh, a yeah. singer. Yeah, so Derek sings in a very <laughs> famous metal band called Separatora from Brazil. I'm oh. sure like your rock and roll old boyfriend went to Berkeley knows this band if you played metal. Oh, can I have to listen to it. Legendary yeah. like metal band. Yeah. 
He's a Berkeley guy. Anyway, yeah. enough, well, for, uh, enough oh, for you. Talk about Yugoslavia. Oh, so anyway, yeah. So there were a lot of kids I grew up with. They're yeah. like, oh, I'm from. Uh, my parents are from Slovenia, and you know, and they would mm-hmm. speak. They were second generation, but yeah. so they could speak the language actually. So there were a lot of people that were from Slovenia, um, from Croatia, and from Serbia. And then actually having the chance since we've toured there, you know, Toby, I realized, and also from being in the, once the war was going on there, I started to really understand a lot of how different the cultures of each of those places and totally different language, culture, everything, but how it was kind of united for such a long time Mm -hmm. and, and then it broke apart. Yeah. You know, but it, it was just, it's really interesting. I always found that part of the world extremely interesting. And I thought it was incredible that your your grandmother coming from that uh, background of Serbian. Yeah. Um, and she lives there still. She's still there. And so, there. like, I've missed her so much in oh, COVID because she usually comes and visits. She's a powerful she is woman, powerful. it seems. Yeah, I was like, remember wow. the first time you saw her when you get out? Oh, well, she was helping my mom throughout okay. all of it. Yeah. So I saw her a couple times, and she really came to my mom's aid when she needed support. Yeah. Um, and she kind of acted as a mm, kind of in-between mm-hmm. for us okay. for a little while. But she lived. she's lived all over, but she's eventually... She eventually made her way back to Belgrade. That's where she lives, yeah. in the capital of, of uh, Serbia. And so she's been there for years. For a while, she wasn't able to go back to her country because she had been... Um, exiled when she was three and so they had to flee in the middle of the night to get like sovereignty in another country Mm -hmm. Um, asylum sorry asylum asylum in another country and so for my grandma a lot of her life has been about reclaiming that part of her Mm -hmm. and going back to her roots and getting back into her country like right now for this just explains my grandma in a nutshell (laughs) during quarantine my grandma's activity is learning japanese wow so like she's just on top of it she speaks so many languages she speaks i think nine languages wow Wow. i was thinking yeah and she's just on top of it wow and so we facetime but it's not the same i definitely miss her And, and we haven't really i mean so Tell us a little bit about your father. You know, like he's, I mean, I haven't heard anything. I didn't seem so much in the documentaries or anything and and not so much. So how was he in your life? My dad. Well, I have. Very interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I have two dads. (laughs) Like I have my stepdad, who's Casper, and my real dad, his name Bill. I'm talking about Bill. Bill. Yes. (laughs) He seems very interesting. Bill is amazing. And Bill (laughs) lives, (laughs) you know, he has been, he has been such a wonderful father to me as an adult. Okay. And I feel like our relationship really blossomed when I became my own person that happened right, right and and sometimes i think people often feel resentful of their parents if they weren't really involved as a child yeah right but my dad wasn't my dad was in okay. prison for right. the first seven years of my life um wow. he was a. Uh, he sold drugs on a big major scale in right. the marijuana in the right. yeah marijuana yeah. in the in the 70s and the 80s mm-hmm. and so he did his time and i remember visiting him when i was like when i was a toddler up in lompoc and and i just didn't have that feeling of like this is a scary place Mm -hmm. this is my dad is in a bad spot i just knew my dad was in timeout like that was kind of that was like kind of my childish way of viewing it (laughs) and so 
really, I don't associate, like the same way Patrick doesn't associate me with Nexium, I don't associate my dad with prison. Like right. my dad has had so many lives right. yeah. and he's in his 70s now and he just like rocks it and he cool. is just he, you know, he rides motorcycles. He has golden retrievers. He reads books <laughs> at night. Like he's just such a dynamic guy. Right. And yeah. I've learned so much from him. And he's really, he stood by me even when he knew I was wrong mm-hmm. because he stood by his kid. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. And so he and my mom have healed everything that they needed oh, to heal. Great. And so there's no animosity there right. at all. And, my dad and I have gotten to another level of respect for each other because he now knows what I had to go through where I was hiding everything from him for a long time. Yeah. And Aww. so now he really, he appreciates that our relationship is really transparent and just straight up. I thought this, yeah, it was, it was so interesting because I think a lot of people don't understand your background wasn't so perfect. Like, oh, she's yeah. coming from this her Malibu. Yeah. yeah. Her mom's you know, on Everything's Dynasty. perfect yeah. and everything is like this. I mean, I have, I will never <laughs> deny that I didn't have a lot of privilege because mm-hmm. I, yeah. I grew up with never being hungry, right. always having love, always being able to go to school right? Um, and get an education, all of those things, incredibly privileged because right. a lot of people don't. But at the same but time, the you're same time, working your ass yeah, off. Man. Yeah, and like I, many I, different young types age, of jobs. Too, yeah. yeah, and I love to work. And right. I'm yeah. kind of like, that's my personality. I like to hustle, but I definitely had a lot of advantages, but I also had the disadvantages, like you said. Totally. And so I think that's why we're going full <laughs> circle. Like where I started, I feel like being raised here has given me a lot of complications, but a lot of benefits. Absolutely. And yeah. in how I can see the world and how I can navigate things now. Um, but no, it was not always sunshine and right. roses. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. for sure. Yeah. Do, you yeah. have, do you have regrets or you, or you just consider those things as experiences? Like, do you have any? A bit major? of both. Yeah, yeah. I definitely consider them experiences that I learned from, but I have regrets because, you know, I. I lost a lot of time right? and you can never get that back. So I, I regret that I brought people in. I regret that there was a majority of my twenties that was lost in Nexium, but I also know that maybe I wouldn't be here if it wasn't right. Yeah. And and I think it's commendable that you're, you're out there really trying to save those people that might be, suffering, you know, a lot of the same feelings. Using your voice and platform. man. I mean, what's the point? Right. Yeah. Like honestly, I'm, I couldn't give two shits about Instagram right, if yeah. I didn't feel like it was a place so that I could use this information and 100%. put it out there. It's just not me. Right. I'm I'm more of an introvert, so yeah. I like to be like doing my own thing, but I also know that I know too much now. Yes. And I feel like I've this is going to be my way out and through. I and feel that and also lot. it really yeah. fuels me. Right. Like I get so many messages from people that are that, yeah. that are like good, bad, and ugly, and some of them are really inspiring. Like some people write, "I watched your series and it helped me process my own grief," and that's yeah. like the biggest compliment that I can get. Of course. But then there's other things that are really difficult to handle, like when people are talking about their own sexual abuse, and mm. I'm not a counselor, I am not yeah. a licensed therapist. I can only speak to my own experience. So I'm looking to build a strong team of people who can handle these types of things. I, I have a foundation with my mom. I'm looking for more partnerships. I'm really just trying to pull my resources together because I, I know that I can do some things, but I can't do everything. Got I love it. that. Yeah. One of the questions I asked is like, are you an optimist or pessimist? But I already know that. 
Optimist. You're super positive. <laughs> You're super positive, man. That that's I get from my dad. I would uh, love that. And that's the kind of people we like to hang out with and surround. Yeah. So keep people it's are important positive to be around that it's surroundings. Healthy. Yeah, it's extremely Everything healthy. you've been through, you have, you, you don't, you're not like a angry like fuck the world like you're like you, you want to help the world and change the world yeah that's Fix not me I, right. I went through that for a couple months it was dark <laughs> you were, yeah you did it was dark, yeah it was right. dark and it was just like this isn't gonna get us anywhere us meaning me and yeah <laughs> right me yeah but you've always been, you've always been a positive person yeah seeing the good in people and I do. wanting good things to happen to a fault and, sometimes yeah but, me too but me also too. my dad's like that too and you know he's had his difficult life as mm-hmm. well and his path has taken him to some really dark places, but he also he never loses that optimism. Yeah. Right. So right. I take a lot from him. Do you have any uh, daily rituals? Yes. Are have. you a coffee person? I know you commented on my coffee issues. Yeah. Are you a coffee person? <laughs> I am a coffee person. I go between coffee and matcha. I so would watch it too, yeah. I like that. Sometimes if I'm Good feeling stuff. really jazzed already, I know I don't need coffee. Right. But um, I've, that's one of my main rituals is caffeine. Okay. I respect and that. I'm on that shit too. Also yeah. I water. It. I drink a lot of water in the morning, like first thing, sometimes with lemon or apple cider vin- vinegar. It's right. supposed to be good water with lemon. I've been seeing people post that. And Absolutely. It's delicious it's as a, well. This is the advertisement for water and lemon. <laughs> water with lemon. Yo, and I have a lemon. <laughs> Refreshing. It's revolutionary. I have a lemon tree. My wife gets yeah, lemons And I've day. had your lemons. Good, oh, nice so now I know where to come. <laughs> Whatever you want. I have great lemons. I love them. They're good but for cooking as well. I, I, what, do I, what else do I do? Yoga? Uh, exercise. No. Exercise. I yeah. try to exercise at least four to five times a week. Yeah. Super Excellent. important. And I'll take like one or two days off or just do a long walk on the off days. But that's my therapy. And walking is incredible. You know, yeah. like we, when we you say you walks yeah. together on the pandemic, like four out, four mile walk. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't, isn't it funny to walk in LA? Everyone thinks you're nuts. It is yeah. I, I, I just moved here not that long ago, like maybe three years yeah. ago. And I kept walking around. They're like, They're like are you walking it? around? I, I know. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> I once walked from LAX to Santa Monica to Beverly Hills and back. I was having a really hard day oh. and I needed it. it during all of that chaotic okay. time, like in cult, time and i did all that walking and i i think it was like 30 miles in oh, one right. day and i realized like there's not a lot of shoulders in a lot in, in much of la so it's just not a walking town it's not, it's not i do miss living town. in new york and walking man yeah yeah that's why i walk everywhere here as much as possible i do those like oh my god it's been like seven miles now or... you don't have a car you don't even drive yet so. yeah i don't have a car so you don't need it nowadays yeah you're it's super, true. super east, east coaster <laughs> yeah my like, god <laughs> I haven't had a car in like 30 years. Bro. That's nice. <laughs> it's time though. Do you have a bike? I, I I had a roommate who had a bike and I was riding that to Venice and that was really nice. But then now that I'm close to Runyon Canyon, mm-hmm. Toby and I go. We go like every day. Like, oh, like nice. every day. So it's, it's open? Been, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. You have to wear a mask. And right. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. Right. Yeah. And like, it's, I love it. It's better I than nothing. It. Yeah. I know. They closed it for a while. It was really sad. Was, but it's really hard. just the best way to like really clear your mind. It's yeah. so... Uh, therapeutic for mental everything yeah and, and like, physically it's fantastic for your body it yes. is you know it's just really you know that, you can be any age and just walking and biking and swimming when i was doing like my beginning kind of trauma research mm-hmm. it's one of the main things that they suggest for people who in recovery because it retrains the bilateral parts of your brain to regulate itself to calm down your nervous system so like walking for me has been a big ritual because it's just like a way to calm my nervous system even if i'm feeling a little anxious yes or chaotic (laughs) yeah 
So oh, I highly yes. recommend it. Doesn't Me cost too. a penny. Absolutely free. Like the, yeah. the water and the lemons from your backyard yes. also doesn't cost <laughs> me a penny. <laughs> is, there, is there any type of music you listen to when you walk around or no? All kinds. Okay. It just depends on my mood. Yeah. Do you have any top, you have a top five or anything, artist or? Right now. Yeah. Let's just see. Oh, yes. right let's now, just yeah. see what I'm listening to. Hold on. I can see you're listening to like new stuff too. I do. Some new young. Um, oh, some shoot. Young. Oops, so, no, I it's going to take a second stuff. to turn. Oh, I, said, I, said, I, said, I said we're old, but like. <laughs> oh, I like I like Neil Young. Like old yeah. But I also, too. I've really, one of the repeat songs has been Fire and Rain for me. Oh, yeah. Um, Fire and Rain. I don't know why. Like, sometimes he just, he like really gets to me. Powerful. Um, I get it. And I I've seen fire. James James Taylor. Taylor's got hits. He's got Mad hits. I, I mean, I've always loved Elton John. I've always yeah. really been a '70s girl. Like in Billy my, Joel. Billy in my Joel. Heart. Yes. I love Billy Joel. And but I also listen to regular pop, like regular. All the Hall Notes or the Bee Gees. Yeah, I like them. Okay. Yeah. I, All right. Hold on. Let's see. What I'm am I listening to? Derek, you're turning 50 Florence this and the Machine. Is, oh, she's great. Has been a big one for me. Florence and the Machine. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what no else do I have on here? Oh, Jewel, I've been listening to That's also. Two. Oh, it's Jewel? Jewel. Jewel. Wow. Like Jewel from back in the day? Yeah. Wow. Oh, Old yeah. School. I'm a 90s kid. I love Jewel. Um, I have Aretha Franklin that I've been playing recently. That's a, that's a good and then top three you got this, going on. So, there. what is that? Aretha. There's this other guy that I was listening to. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder how Jewel's doing. I love Jewel. I know. She has so Jewel many great songs. I know. She, she was She's fantastic. actually really cool i listened to a podcast of her the other day on the pop call no she doesn't she oh, did she one, on one. Okay. i think it's called pop culture show or something um she's and she's just a really kind of badass uh who else have i been I listening to I dang i can't find it right now but it's kind <laughs> of an electronic guy oh really okay uh, sebastian sebastian paul okay Do you know is of this him? somebody new <laughs> yeah he looks like that Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But nice. But really, I have I have rap on here. I have. What's your what's, 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 yeah, what's some hip hop you have in there? Let's get down with the right hip hop. That's what India gets into. Yeah. <laughs> we know if you know she likes Fifty Cent. I do. Okay, yeah, and I we also know like that. Snoop Dogg. I'm, I'm from I'm best. from yeah. here. Like, yeah, Snoop's the best. That's classic. What, when I was in middle school, I remember like one of the big things where people to go like Snoop in the yeah. hallways, and and it would always just be like. It would always just be like, wow, we really are from Southern California. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. And the, but, yeah. <laughs> Snoop was a shit growing up, though. Snoop, I mean, Definitely. He's amazing. He's still he's amazing. amazing. I you mean, follow he, him on Instagram? I do. He's an incredible follow. He's, he's so funny, man. He's hilarious. Um, I love Snoop. Always love Little Snoop. baby. Little baby. Oh, wow. My son likes little okay. baby. Um, All right. <laughs> I also, a lot of Cardi B. Okay. Cardi B. And How about Adele? Are you a Adele fan? Yes. Mm. Megan. Here, here's the million dollar question. You a Coldplay fan? Yeah. I am. Yeah, Actually, Coldplay would, is on there. My favorite shit. Would be very upset if you weren't. No. Well, I had some people say, fuck Coldplay. I love wow, really? really? How <laughs> do you say fuck Coldplay? <laughs> like, do you not have a go heart? Out of your way, like, people, people hate on them hard. Hate. Why? I don't know, man. It's so beautiful. It's so positive and wonderful. Yeah. Great I think lives. they're just jealous. You know? They're yeah, amazing. Because they can't move women to tears with their right. words. I think exactly. that's what it is. Jealousy. I'm like crying. My son doesn't like it. Well, he loves him, but it makes him emotional. We have songs together because oh. he grew up listening to Coldplay with me, going to see Coldplay. Like, yeah. They're amazing. Um, okay, a cu- couple <laughs> of things that I saw you promoting. Yeah. Uh, human trafficking stuff. Yes. Um, so the Catherine Oxenberg Foundation. Correct. The Joseph Movement. Mm-hmm. Rain, the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Yeah, huge resource uh, for Fact people. Charity, Families Against Cult Teachings. Yes. So I'm working with all of those groups right now. Um, 
not with rain yet but i'm okay. looking to mm-hmm. i just support them because i think they're great uh, and they do a lot of amazing work uh fact is wonderful i've been working with them and my mom and my foundation yeah. and so we're just kind of trying to pull it all together because like like what i said there's just not a lot of resources in this field right now what about when schools are like speaking at schools about stuff i'd love to do that okay i'd love i do that with my nonprofit. i haven't done it a while because of the pandemic but i go around and speak at schools and it's really fun i'd love to speak to people I in high that. school in college i think this yeah, is i think it would be great i would say college would be good that. too yeah yeah it's really I think especially so if you have any suggestions are you, are you, you have a nonprofit status is that what you guys are working yes. on yeah me too we have that yeah that's amazing awesome. I, I love that everything you've been through like you're still i don't know i don't i don't i, yeah, I don't know like, i don't know you personally but you've been through a lot of stuff and like just your spirit and your energy you're young you're vibrant you're 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 excited about the future and you've been through a lot of shit yeah. but you're still positive you know really good I mean? be. And, and you're trying to and using your platform for good and helping people you know because has there been a lot of people that survive cults in this world yeah but people don't generally talk about it because there's so many stigmas yeah um like domestic violence people Mm -hmm. have a lot of opinions about women who women or men who stay in in situations like that and so oftentimes people are silenced and they don't want they don't want to talk so this i think this is a new wave of people kind of owning up to some difficult things and I think it's more helpful to talk about it than to not. No, you, think, you think it's easier that Keith's in jail for 120 years to talk about it? Yeah. Think, <laughs> yeah, because if he was still here, it'd be like... Oh, I don't know if I would have been... I mean, I was already pretty vocal when I put out Seduce. Yeah, that was right. pretty bold <laughs> yeah. and he had not been given that sentence but he was still in jail. So there's many people who are scared because their perpetrators are still out there. There's so many cults that are still running. I was speaking really? to my yeah, therapist yeah, yesterday yeah. who told me that she's encountered at least a couple thousand, let alone wow, hundreds that are just kind of replicas of Nexium. I mean, they all steal the same modalities. Right. They just mask them in different ways. Right, and they go after the same... Same, pe- same, yeah. same, well, well, similar. Like people okay. who want... Usually a lot of these groups are either selling a product or selling a philosophy. Mm-hmm. And so it's usually people who are open to either of those. And that's a pretty wide range. That's a huge range. Yeah. 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 So be careful. I wonder if Allison or Keith have seen Seduced. I would be somehow. so interested. I wonder Good if question. somehow I get like a burnt, like somebody gave like a, a laptop in, in jail. Person? Like, well, yo, check it out. I got a person. I don't think that's what they're looking I up mean, in prison. I don't know what status is out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, true. I wonder how like cult leaders get treated in jail. You know, like people go to jail for like, you hurt kids, you rape women, like do harsh things, like you get, like I, I don't know. If, I mean, like there's definitely a whole different law, so I don't know if he's. He, I, I don't think he's a, he's, he's pretty restricted. What yeah. state? What state? Right now, I think he has just been moved to Philadelphia. Claire, really? Yeah, Claire is in Philly right now. I think he's gonna get moved to a sex offender unit in Tucson, which sounds shitty that's but it sounds like a great place usually to happen to people like that it's a rap like that's well all uh, eyes i think like, sometimes they try to keep them out of population because they yeah, will be man. killed it's no joke man no it's in it's, prison it's a real deal i mean that that's where he is probably going to end up and wow. that's probably the right place for him mm-hmm. and how old is this how old is he he is 60 i think mm. and then allison she'll go to jail for life too i don't know i just don't know i don't know, know what they'll give her i mean Human trafficking and, and, and stuff like that with slavery is still exists and a lot of people are really aren't aware of how massive but it is. If, if anything, not only bigger, in the US. Yeah, no, everywhere. that's what I was gonna get yeah. into. Like it's 
something that consistently is happening. It's it's never really stopped. No, it's you know? like, it's just call it modern slavery. Yes, it's just exactly. has yeah. right. like we think we're so above it and we're so beyond it and we're just not. And yeah. it's yes. I, I've been working like Joseph found Joseph Joseph, um, movement. Joseph movement. They're yeah. in Brazil and mm, they are involved, man. They're huge. They're so kind and they're um most most of them come from like Christian youth organizations and so they have had direct experience with going into these villages and working with a lot of these communities. Unfortunately, they don't have any other option to make money yeah. besides either trafficking themselves or trafficking their children so that's that's on us that's a social problem absolutely and so the fact that this still exists is just because we haven't really dealt with yeah what's going on on the ground i do see a lot i do see a lot of celebrities a lot of people mostly during this whole lockdown being online a lot talking about human trafficking yeah a lot of people talking about yeah i'm I'm glad about that too. i am too i mean it's just i always hear people like oh well at least we don't have you know things have changed over times like we don't have slavery anymore and people thought that was bad then i was like we still do yeah and it's still still bad you're stealing people's lives basically these people are going in and stealing life Mm -hmm. and that's a human rights issue and so that's why I feel so like motivated, but also really overwhelmed by it. So right. if there's anyone out there who wants to help, I'm open. Excellent. I might have somebody get help. Though. I won't say his name on here, but there was somebody from the animal rights movement who went overseas to um, for stopping the dog meat right. in Asia, stumbled upon a child trafficking there mm-hmm. and helped shut that down. Good. And I think he's kind of involved. I'm definitely going to look up the Brazilian one. I didn't realize that was from Brazil Joseph movement. They're so sweet. They're small, but Mm -hmm. they're so committed. A lot of people reaching out to you now because of that? Yeah. people trying Uh to make you like the spokesperson for this now? Um, I mean, I would like to make myself more of a spokesperson for a lot of these things, hopefully, uh, if it's helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you're ready to dedicate your life to that and helping people. I just feel like that's the way that I want to handle it. And that, that, that gives me a lot of peace and satisfaction and just makes me feel like i can use what i went through for good yeah otherwise i mean obviously i could just kind of go off into my life and be a mom and go go and take more of a simpler route and maybe i will do that one day but right now i have the energy and i have the passion and i have the ability to use this platform now so i i feel responsible to do that yeah has your life changed since the two documentaries yeah, a lot, but I'm I'm still the same. <laughs> yeah, do you feel like you ever have closure, even though, even though they, he's in jail? Will there ever be? It's gonna be life of therapy to to yeah. move forward. From the, yeah, yeah. I kind of think for me, it feels sort of similar to AA. Like, yeah, I just right. think that this is gonna my life is going to be about like healing and healing my soul and kind of connecting to a higher power, whatever that is mm-hmm. for me. It's for the rest of your life. For the rest of my life, because I think that's something that I lost for a long time, and I see the value in it now. Yeah. Wow, I love this. This is a, a great conversation. I appreciate yeah, you being here. Thank it's two you. hours. Two hours. It's I great. know. I was like, I think I need to pee. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. Like we met through social media and just coming to my house and being on my podcast my means pleasure. a lot to me. And it's an honor to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Likewise. I mean, this couldn't have been nicer. <laughs> <laughs> you have an amazing story. And I, I just, I'm proud of you. you. Shared it with the world. And yeah, then with, it's um, really great. Was seduced hear. as well. Like, thank you. Just putting everything out there, man. It's. It's yep. pretty amazing. Any more questions, Derek? I think that's it for me. I mean, I, I, I got go everything on my notes, man. I fucking Great. on point my notes. You were wonderful again, once again. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, you for you. having me be a part so of nice your guys' to meet conversation. You. Um, Pleasure to meet and you. And so, hopefully, as well. yeah, we'll see you again in real life after the podcast. And 
Yes. Yeah. We'll continue the conversation. How can people yeah. find you? So your Instagram is just your name, right? Yeah. I'm on Instagram as India Oxenberg, and that's the only social media that I can handle. So you can find me there. <laughs> We're only on one, two. Enough. I'm only yeah. on one, two. I'm not on any of that shit anymore. Yeah. No yeah. Facebook, no Too Twitter. Much. Right? No I mean, right? I'm on there, but I'm not active. So if you're trying to reach me there, good luck. Right. Do people just DM you and you write them back some, most of the time? I'm trying. Yeah. So that's another thing is I've gotten so many messages I that I can't get through them all. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, can you email me so yeah. I don't lose it? But I, I, I am working through them and I want to get to everybody. Yeah. You. So you're done with the docs. There'll be no more docs about the situation you've been through. Um, That's it. Not about Nexium. Okay. okay. But I would like to continue to explore uh, coercion right. and talk mm. about that. Mm-hmm. So maybe soon to come. Great. I love that. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to the next one.